0: Hey, y'all, this is Jillian just checking in to say welcome to part two of our conversation with Shane from Gabriella Plants. We are so excited to finally release the rest of this conversation, and we hope you all enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording. As always, thank you all for being here. Bye. Yeah. And so to keep talking about kind of the evolution of the pink princess before we move on, cause yes. I do want to end on like other plants, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will admit I got a pink princess for myself. I was able to do one of the fast finger drops. Um, and yeah, I went, was
1: shocked that she got one.
0: Yeah, I got, I got good internet honey. Um, and <laughs> so I was able to get one and the truth is, I, like I've said, I'm a very easygoing parent and I've learned that over time. So she wasn't for me. I actually just found her a new home recently and I bought her at the 150 price and I put her up at 170 thinking $20 for my trouble basically, which is ironic because I basically (laughs) just put her through hell for a few months, but, um, like 173 she's like don't (laughs) tell me this he's like no no i i i i I
2: always admire honesty
0: but but i ended up having a couple people tell me like wow that's a great price and i thought that was really funny because to me it was like even more than what I paid. And I realized Gabriella plants had increased their price again, which is something that they've had to consistently do just based on the demand for the Pink Princess. So I was kind of curious about your thoughts on that and kind of the future of the Pink Princess, given the market and how much that shifted.
2: Well, this is not probably what I have in my notes, but I'll go with it. <laughs> um, the main... Okay, so there's two things. One, pricing and why prices increase and decrease. Some of it is for, yes, meeting market demand, but let's mm. not get lost in the simple one sentence capitalism answer for why supply versus demand equals price because Mm -hmm. the other thing that is left out of that is think of the last show you went to the last like stadium arena show I know it's been a while (laughs) 2020 has been a year but you know you probably didn't buy the pit passes because of the cost on that depending on the artist you probably wanted to hang out in the much cheaper seating plants don't have that ability you're selling a commodity so you don't have the ability to really set Ranges, which was something we always got told, was well, you should sell the really, really pink ones for five hundred dollars, and you should sell the three-quarter pink ones for this price, and the half pink ones mm. for this price. And one, they all grow, and the next leaf is going to be completely different than the previous one. So, how to even classify that right, yeah. is hard. Like selling but a half moon. The other thing that it's random, right, right? But the thing that people leave out in the capitalism answer of price, supply versus demand equals price is ultimately there is a fine line where increasing the price enables a collector who wanted to get it from being able to get it at that higher price when there would have been an unforeseeable and an unreally surmountable amount of demand for the plant had it continued to be cheaper. The amount of people we have that are upset because they weren't able to get one is going to be dramatically more for the ones out there yelling from the rooftops. We got $50 pink princess. There's no wonder why the site's going to crash in those circumstances. So some of it is to prevent crises for our customer care team, but also to help people who are, are willing to spend that amount of money to get one. That being said, I don't imagine, and this is what I didn't plan on saying, I'd have to crunch the numbers again, but I'm sure if I crunch the numbers, the amount of revenue we made off Pink Princess this year is under 5% of our total revenue. So by no means, regardless of the price, is it really worth the amount of things that it comes with? And that's a really hard point to be at. So I don't think the assumption that we're raising it because we need the money or because it's, it's for our gain is correct. I think it's to try to best suit our customers and be able to get the people who want one to be able to get one and the ones who don't to not be able to get one. You wouldn't be able to get your favorite shoe, limited edition shoe. If they were all $20 a piece, you would never have a chance. You know They have to put it at that price point to put it at that price point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty understandable. I'm pretty sure I've heard you say in previous interviews that like you purposefully didn't want to price gouge on the pink princess because you were looking for longevity with your customer base, not to make a quick dollar on something that's popular. Correct. So do you think you'll still keep Pushing the pink princess despite all the headaches that come with it.
2: We will continue to grow pink princess just like we grow many species in our greenhouses. But I do think that you have seen whether people recognize it or not. I know there's a lot of Facebook groups that even exist now that didn't exist at the start of the year specifically for communicating the things that we as a company probably don't communicate as much anymore. Like we haven't sent out those restocking notifications Mm -hmm. for the past two releases. It's been a kind of trial run, but it is something we're playing with, whereas the point where you kind of have to cut that off. And it and it stinks because I totally understand a customer wanting to know and be in the know and we want to provide that. But we also, you know, have to manage the expectations of what we do. But all in all, there was no plan to reduce how many Pink Princess we grow. But I do think the silence on the social media end and on the publicity end of there isn't, I mean we're best known for Pink Princess. I think the last time we posted a Pink Princess was in July on Instagram. Oh wow. So the amount of self-control that we're displaying and not trying to drag attention to something that we can't provide at scale is intentional on my part. And regardless of the amount of income, the last thing I'll say on it is we're on track to ship somewhere between 90 and a hundred thousand plants. We shipped this, this calendar year in 2020, we shipped 24 and some change the year before. So the pre-order process for pink princess going back to that topic was to leverage not primarily it just had the unintended consequence the primary mission was to figure out how to not tell people well you sign up for a wait list sorry yeah have a good day but the unintended consequence was it gave us the funds to be able to make the moves we needed to to grow and ship more plants into 2020 and we will continue to do the mission is still to always be growing more Mm-hmm. Um, that's our thing. Always growing more, and that will continue to be it. But if you think about it in that context, what did I say our growing capacity was for Pink Princess a year? Eleven hundred to yeah. fifteen hundred, maybe, and we shipped ninety to a hundred thousand plants. So it's <laughs> it's a relatively small right. chunk of what we do. And I've tried to stay focused on operations as a whole and not getting too invested in any one thing. And I still stand by not wanting to price gouge. I think you'll see we're still the highest we really sold them at recently was two fifty. Um, which is still quite a bit lower than what Logie's was at. And I, if anything, I think you'll see us reduce our prices before probably the competition does. I'm not interested. But if we're going to do that, it's going to come with nobody is going to get the heads up about it. Right. Because um, we can't do both. And that's <laughs> what I had to figure out in 2020 was we can't both post the list of here's all the plants that are going to be available at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. and keep them really, really cheap. So either yeah. we're going to radically raise prices to meet demand and do the traditional price uh, supply versus demand equals price or we're going to continue to do it with the heart that we have do the best we can not email out the list every single week not post it as a post on instagram and facebook where it was able to be shared into more and more groups trying to put it just on the home page of the website for those that know it exists doing the smart things we can to manage expectations while still being who we are
1: yeah and like and you know pink princess amazing it's cool plant. If you get one, awesome. But you guys have such cool stuff that you sell. You really have something for every level of plant parenting. And I think that is something that needs to be recognized is that you have something for beginners. You have something for all the way to the advanced and intermediate plant parents. So don't feel like Oh, gosh, I'm just banking on getting a pink princess from Gabriella Plants. No, like go like if you have not shopped and been on their website, especially on Wednesdays, <laughs> I have my alarm set awesome <laughs> phone right now I could show you 6 p.m on a Wednesday <laughs> here in Denver and it's 8 p.m in Orlando Eastern time but every Wednesday I go on and I just kind of I you know I look and I if I try and get something cool and if I don't get it it's fine I'm not mad because you'll have it too within a few weeks anyway so they have amazing stuff and the quality of shipping my last one I got was the Oh gosh <laughs> it's the uh, philodendron black cardinal oh cool mm-hmm. That thing is so beautiful the way because you guys changed your shipping and packaging over time when I first ordered I got a burgundy princess oh, that was like my first plant I got from y'all and I think you you changed how you guys packaged from then to now I'm trying to remember it's like you don't put the cotton on it anymore, right like on top of the soil. We still do that. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Help me out. Help me out here. Sleeves over plastic sleeves uh, around the plant before it goes into the foam wrapping. We haven't changed away from polyfill. We did do a couple Uh, trial runs of different uh, things we're looking at for next year, both using clamshell packaging was one thing we looked at. Uh, Another thing we looked at was using an alternative to the polyfill, Um, Mm -hmm. whether sphagnum or a different type of moss. There is issues with sanitary concerns with that which is what i mainly am concerned about when you're having to buy a supply that's not necessarily horticulturally ready you know uh, the polyfill material is clean as it's made we have more plans for the future and that is the weird thing that we're, we've always been in a weird place because we don't know what we're doing and we try our best to grow That's plants. That's not true!
1: You guys-
2: it's true. It, it's true.
1: Well, I, I would say Well, you're, you're passing it off like you know what we, you're doing. We
2: we figured it out in 2020, but when we started, we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. I mean, it took me a while to realize like, oh, the only reason these six-inch pink princesses are getting wrecked is because like, I wasn't thinking like, you can take the box and you can like Flip it upside down, like bang it on a table a couple times, and if you don't have something to prevent the plant from just falling on itself, then <laughs> you're done. And that was something I never thought of because all of wholesale logistics—you right. work at a plant shop. When they come in, they come in in the cardboard trays, mm-hmm. and they're all standing upright. Yep. They're handled by a plant-specific carrier who knows how to keep them standing upright. So the idea of a plant flipping upside down was like completely foreign to me at first.
1: <laughs> That's um, so but interesting. To think about
2: the weird spot we're at now is that we're finally at the place that we could do custom packaging that fits plants and that uses the box itself to lock the plant into its place. Right. And thus require less packing materials. It's something we hope to expand on in 2021.
0: That's awesome. Nice. And I know you talked about their drops, but one of my favorite things, honestly, is the ghost updates every weekend, because I feel like it's like a treasure hunt to kind of see what you can catch. (laughs) Um, So that has been one of my favorite updates in terms of selling. But is there any chance you can give us any like sneak peeks or anything about different things we can see maybe in 2021 plants that are coming out? Yeah.
1: What you got growing that you haven't announced yet that you maybe want to... Maybe like one or
2: two. I don't know. Uh, Lots of, I mean, we're late on a, we're late on (laughs) lots of excitement, but we're late on a couple things. Like we are growing, uh, Lanieris. We are Mm -hmm. growing Lisa, some other of the Hoyas that we haven't been able to grow up until this point. We are working on producing more of those. I think you're going to see a lot next year. I think you're going to see a lot of what we did this year of just finding niche things and then bringing them into what we call production producing them to the point that we have a growing a set growing capacity and then releasing them it's why we haven't sold any more Gabbies this year it's much better for us to have the ability to sell 250 a month or every two months than it is to sell 250 once regardless of if we could get and that goes back to the pink princess i care about a long-term customer i can make a lot of money by selling Gabbies for 400 a piece single cuttings and they would probably sell out but one that would ruin our ability to grow them in the future and we care about the fact that it's a unique cultivar and we want to preserve that. And also I care enough that customers know that, especially if it's something that's original to us or that we're known for, that we're not going to price gouge on it. And it was the better decision to put it into production. So I think there's lots of things in production. The furthermore, though, with some of the people we've announced that will be joining the team in January, Brett being a big one of them, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think you're going to see more original things more hybrids of things he has a lot more horticultural knowledge and will make a great head grower for gabriella plants i have full confidence in him and i know that his passion um, his master's degree is in his dissertation was in morphological manipulation so if that doesn't tell you enough about like everything i know that's what i said i was like (laughs) yes that sounds i don't even know what that means but that sounds amazing right um it's like if somebody says they build really fast sports cars you're just kind of impressed yeah it doesn't really even matter the details you're just (laughs) really cool um but i think there's a lot of things like that in the works i think we're gonna have a much better painted lady growing capacity for next year things like that. But
0: is there a genus you think you and Brett will kind of focus on the way that Steve leaves kind of tries to focus on begonias like philodendron or hoyas? Or are you really open to kind of whatever fun, cool new plants you can come up with?
2: Yeah, I mean, some of it's based on availability of what we can get on the market. You know, a lot of times you got to start with something and bring them into the production. And sometimes you'll get a call about something that is going to be produced at such a scale. You didn't know is possible, like our Birkins, the number one plant we sold in 2020 Mm -hmm. and we sold them for half the price of what the going rate was the majority of the time we sold them. So I think that, but that was a plant that in, you know, September of the year before I didn't know was going to be available until we got into the November and it it came on the radar. So there is a level of what we plan has a built-in area to be agile to what we may be able to get our hands on that we didn't know the last thing you want is to have a bunch of this new hoya that you can start producing but have no bench space no (laughs) place to put it you know what i mean you need to kind of have that capacity i think as far as genius probably within the aeroids i think philodendrons are obviously a big a big part of who we are so yes (laughs) that's
1: what i like to hear (laughs) good news for me (laughs) Back to, you mentioned the Um, and I wrote this down because I found it really interesting and it's kind of like you see these with like certain species, you know, how do you stay competitive? Because you started growing them like around the end of last year, mid to end of last year when they weren't like super common. Like you, you could not find them. You couldn't go into a plant shop and find them anywhere. They were very expensive for, you know, if you could get one and now they're, pretty common to uncommon depending on where you live
0: well Costa has them now
1: yeah and even yeah Costa Farms sells them which is wild and you know I see them all the time at my work so now that they're a little bit more in this common to uncommon space I mean how do you stay ahead of that demand of like do you really care if it was like you started off like okay this is rare to uncommon which we both hate that word rare like we can't stand it but I don't know how you wanna classify it, but um to uncommon to now where like a lot of places sell them, like how do you stay ahead of like where that demand and does that demand taper off? Like after like you have this big surge, everybody's got one now. And do you kind of readjust like how many you grow then at that point when they become more market wide? Yeah. Um sorry, that was t- a loaded question. Cause I find it really fascinating.
2: Yeah, and I don't wanna. I don't want to. Um, to I never try to name names or do anything uh, like that. Um, not because I don't want to help other growers, but mm-hmm. because I respect other growers yeah. and the connections they've made over the decades. But a lot of what you see in plant availability is determined by the TC Labs producing um, the the starter plants for a lot of those species, which is cool for two things. One, there shouldn't be a bad um, connotation with TC other than no. the fact that you're getting an extremely juvenile plant. That mm-hmm. is the main difference. It's why everyone claimed that the Tetrasperma were different. They were not the other species that people thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that only because if you Googled the, what was it? Pertusa is what they thought it was, or some people thought it was Raphidophora Pertusa or something like that. I don't know. If I'm recalling correctly, it was a minute ago, but we got kind of riled up in that too because we were growing the TC um, tetrasperma from TC, and everyone was like, "They're noticeably different." They are mm-hmm. noticeably different. They're extremely juvenile. You're you're recreating a plant, and it's still TC is still a method of propagation. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're letting the plant do the plant thing. You're not going in there with a three D printer and spitting out you know direct copies of each other. You're giving the right chemical agents to produce. Uh, for it to reproduce cell structures and not focus on producing one long vine or one long stem, but recreating and splitting in multiples. And then you split that apart and grow it out. That all being said, TC shouldn't have a negative connotation to it. So anything I say about TC, it doesn't. But TC is responsible for what we think of plants that arrive on the market. Mm. King Princess has only really arrived on the market in the second half of this year because of the ones available via TC which is a whole discussion I don't want to get into right now mm-hmm. um, because there are plants where TC is not as viable as others. Yeah. And it's never to say that it's not a viable option. It's to say that uh, the plant you start with matters. You are still letting plants do plant things, but if you start with a bad genetic pool, your your ceiling for the genetic pool is going to be the plant you started with. And that's the case for all TC production. And it's why the thing you see most in TC production are things that aren't variegated, are the right. green versions of plants Mm -hmm. um that all being said staying ahead of the curve those tc labs are doing their own research um to stay ahead of the curve Um, you also have the big boys like costa um with their releases of what will be in their trending tropicals line which by the way they used to give the industry about a three year head up and now they're starting to kind of just drop in january what you're going to see in Mm -hmm. lowe's the rest of the year which by the way is very smart I'd never quite understood why they talked about a exclusive plant three years before they had it ready, mm-hmm. um, other than just to share it with other growers. But from like a business standpoint, it makes sense that they keep it private. Those TC labs are able to kind of dictate a lot of what's available on the market, and growers ultimately have to grow from what's available. As as far as staying ahead on trends, there are things you can do with you know monitoring web searches on different um, species and stuff. But what most of the smartest TC labs will do is base their production schedule on another plant market in the world. At this point, we live in 2020 in an interconnected world. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of this plant was popular in Thailand and was a big import only plant, AKA Birkin. Mm. It was an import only plant at first. It was a plant that first became popular on the other side of the world and then was brought here and put in the TC lab production in America. Um, oftentimes they have rights, patent rights associated that you have to negotiate and figure out if you're doing, if you run a TC lab, but the world is becoming easier to flip flop unique species to different parts of the world. Right. You know, you kind of had to rely on the Enid to do her once every three year trip to Colombia to see if there was another one that could be discovered. Mm-hmm. And with the internet, you now have access to all the people taking those vacations, all the people Mm -hmm. finding those things and bringing them back to growers, whether here or in other parts of the country or the world. So I think there's a lot more availability as far as what we choose to grow. My goal, we're still really small. We don't have that much grow space. My goal has always been to be diverse um, and to have a team of people who knew how to care for a diverse set of of plant families so -hmm. that we can remain agile regardless of what we're kind of provided by the industry.
1: That's, that's actually like such an epiphany like moment is like where these plants actually come from. Like you're saying that like they come from Thailand, you know, and like now here being tissue culture, like that's so, it'd be fun to play like where in the world does this plant come from? <laughs> I mean, it is, I mean, a lot of you them come from the same place, the but trends.
0: like, for example, alacasia as I was super popular and was only being imported from like Indonesia and places like that. And now they're just starting to sell it locally. Wow. Um, and you can start finding them now. I do want to, without getting too detailed, cause I definitely understand that there's a lot that goes into it. So respect, not wanting to get too into it, but I want to clarify something that we said on the podcast that could be incorrect. So you said, you know, some things take better to tissue culture than others, like things that aren't variegated, which we've talked about before, and is why things like the Thai constellation is one of the bigger variegated plants that are starting to be tissue cultured and is coming out because the variegation is so stable. And I've always heard that the pink princess is one of the few plants that isn't stable enough to be produced through TC. So I just want to know then, Is are you basically saying that anything with a high enough variegation that has stable enough genetics can be tissue cultured? So as long as you're starting off with a lovely variegation, that tissue culture is going to produce variegated plants with enough assurance to mass produce?
2: That's, that last portion is what has made American TC labs for the last decade not try anymore to produce something like pink princess via tc they tried mm. they said this isn't reliable enough we're not going to do it. it it is worth pointing out that a lot of the pink princess tc that's on the market is from canada right now mm. um there's not a whole lot of floor i'm not aware of a single florida based lab that's producing them down here so not that that means anything other than just fun fact of where it's coming right. from <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. the the thing with with Seeing things that are variegated is there's two different there's a there needs to be a distinction of variegation types because yeah. something like Syngonium Illusion series mm-hmm. which are all patented Syngoniums that have a particular color to the leaf and then also a coloring in the vein that's the majority of the Illusion series has a uh, multicolored veins or they appear to be kind of you know when your eyes are blue and green mm-hmm. like kind of that multicolored vein a lot of those plants the variegation follows the plant leaf development. So it comes essentially either the variegation is present in the veins of the plant, mm-hmm. like something like a Birkin, mm-hmm. or is present in everything that's not the vein of the plant. Um, and vein probably not the right word, but you get the picture. Right. Yeah. So the plants that have chimera mutations, I hope I'm saying that correctly, yeah, but chimera. where the mutation is essentially a cancer of the plant cells, if you want to think of it yeah. that way, where they're they're genetically behaving differently than they ought to be behaving. And that is the reason for the variegation. Those tend to be hard to pr- reproduce in TC and hard to reproduce via other propagation methods. <laughs> right. yeah. Planting cuttings is fairly difficult to keep a pink princess to hold its variegation because it's a lot of stress on the plant. And yeah. if you have a mutation-caused variegation, the mutational area of the leaf and the way I, the term I use is solar panels. It's not, it doesn't have chlorophyll and it's not acting as a solar panel. So whether it's in TC or as a cutting in a greenhouse, either way, again, it's propagation either way. It is never a guarantee TC or cutting that Mm. you're going to have great variegation. It does matter that if you're using a highly variegated cutting, your chances go up. But there's no guarantee of success either way. Right. TC is even that much harder because a lot of TC typically is done not with lighting in mind, is done in dark petri dishes hmm. and is done in enclosed spaces with not natural light until they're at least divided into cell pack trays and they go out to begin their growing process. Because of that, and because of the extremely young juvenile state that a pink princess is in, it's very uncomfortable. It's very Likely that it's not going to produce good variegation, but people are not necessarily wrong by saying it, of course, has the potential in the future, right? Especially if there's any type of variegation present in the stem. But you're not going to have a whole lot of specimens come out of a TC lab looking right simply because that is an extremely stressful period of time. Even when we plant cuttings, the first new leaf is typically not variegated, it takes the second leaf after we plant a cutting to regain that variegation.
0: Okay, so if anything, the biggest shift is the fact that it's so popular; it's worth it to produce TC, even if you're letting go of a percentage that are going to be burgundy or year. You know, correct.
2: Whatever. And okay. that is where the things kind of changed because of COVID and because hmm. of where the market is this year than maybe in other years, because for the most part, growers the reason they gave up on elbows. I knew one grower, grower in Central Florida, that at one point, when I was a small child, had the size of our house, my house, which isn't huge, but you know what I mean? Like uh, way more than you, probably a sea of elbows, bigger than a sea of elbows you've ever seen before. And he straight up told my dad, and I remember this vividly, same reason why pink princess were kind of like given with all these precautions and warnings was like, yeah. I mean, they're pretty cool when you get the ones that look really cool, but sometimes you plant them and they come out just green and you're like, well, what am I doing? And it's, it's was something that growers, yeah, if you had to plan a hundred to get 10 that were good and you had a 10% success rate, man, you better be making a lot of money on that 10 Mm because you're dedicating an entire bench worth of space it was way easier to grow a syngonium for example where you knew it was coming out of a tc lab it had a three-month production time it was out the door for a set profit margin bingo that is what the businesses wanted most growers didn't want to have inventory that was subject to the quality how many cloudy days you had the quality of the variegation at the time of sale and most garden centers didn't want to take on that type of inventory because a lot of garden centers are also closed shops they don't mm-hmm. always have highlighting it's not right. always something they can keep on their shelves for multiple weeks this was all before what it is now obviously if a pink princess come in it's moving in the next three days if not the next matter. two minutes <laughs> so it was a different time but those were a multitude of reasons why people did it tc can produce pink princess but not without the ones that are less than right. perfect
1: i want to go back to you mentioned covid and this year i know we've talked a bit about like where and how many plants you sold previous year to this year huge jump right you know COVID has affected so many business good and bad and ugly and so many Americans and global citizens with your business I feel like we saw this big shift in March of everything going to online and shopping online buying everything online I mean I was buying a lot of shit. online,
0: Including plants, which a lot of plants. people before refused to buy online. Exactly. They had to, yeah. Pick yeah. themselves. It's
1: like people were almost like, oh, well I can't, I don't want to go to my garden center or I'm quarantining or I'm saying stay for at home. What's my other option online? I guess. Did you see that shift where people were kind of like first time online plant parents, I guess. I don't know what else to call them. Like this big push because of COVID and being at home going to your website or do you contribute it to that at least
2: it's hard i mean there's no doubt that covid impacted every industry that could be done at home yeah and before houseplants really took off the primary mission of most stay at you know then stay at home dads because of covid was like all right well i gotta start with you know killing the weeds in the drive i gotta go buy some roundup then you know the next step (laughs) was mulch for the front yard landscape and then eventually the house plants kind of picked up. So yeah. the initial onset of covid didn't necessarily cause the plant industry to shift radically. I do think that there were a lot of small independent shops in different imp- impacted cities that were not able to operate. I don't think the large I don't think we gained a whole lot of customers that were buying at Home Depot and then were all of a sudden buying with us. Mm, I think okay. in that way we probably picked up some of the local supporters of their local place that simply because their local place couldn't operate mm-hmm. um you know they had to find it elsewhere i think that that but it's very hard for me to look at the numbers i can send you the the thing after this of kind of what our web traffic looked like but it definitely certainly increased but it also increased at relatively the pace that our business had been growing and again right. our Web visitors would be a better indicator than our sales performance because our sales performance is obviously capped at what we can grow and ship. Right. Um, that makes is sense. Which different than necessarily market demand. But based on every grower and retailer I know having massive supply chain issues, you're, it's not wrong to assume it was a very big shift in the industry.
1: Yeah. it. I, I mean, I remember on a Facebook group that we're both in people asking in the beginning of the pandemic being like, what is a great online plant retailer? And it was like, Gabriella, Gabriella, Gabriella on <laughs> the comments. Like everybody's like, go to this one, go to this one. And, and like, I'm, that's, yeah. that, that's another thing too. Sorry. Um, yeah. that's another thing too is like, I have never heard a bad thing about Gabriel plants. Like I, I, here, Nothing but great things. And like, I'm not saying you guys are perfect. Like y'all aren't perfect. However, however, like y'all do um, definitely have a really great reputation in the community and even people who are maybe not in that plant community, maybe outside who just want to have a plant. I think your reputation is great and you know how do you maintain such a great reputation what what is your method of success with having such a great rapport with your customers
2: being able to having a 2% or under or 3%, I think was like our worst month this year error rate or or mistake rate on orders shipped. That's not plant shipped, by the way, that's orders shipped each week. It's pretty low, you know, for the most part, we take care of people. And the main reason that's important is because one, it shows you the incredible talent and passion that the people who, you know, it takes a lot to stand there and pack plants all day. It takes a lot to stand there in a 110 degree greenhouse and water the same plant again because it's Tuesday now instead of Monday, you know, that those are all jobs that are really important. But I think that when you have a organization that can pull off what we do at the level of excellence, we do, it frees up myself and the customer care team to be able to be very generous, in how we resolve the issues that do occur, because we just don't have that many of them. It is, you know, we have our standards, we're not going to just ship you a second pink princess, because you said you didn't like the first one, there is you know, a process to order claims. But also if you follow the process, yeah, we're going to refund you or we're going to get you a replacement plant and we're going to make sure we take care of you. And we can do that because of the overall excellence that the team executes on. The other thing is just accountability. Ever since the beginning, we've had the Facebook behind the scenes group. Um, It's always been a great place for me to explain. I mean, as we've talked about in this podcast through the waitlist and things say, hey, guys, Here's the problem I have. I don't want to, you know, make a wrong move, but also I can't keep doing what we're doing right now. This is kind of the situation. These are two ideas I have. What are your thoughts? And especially when the group was very small, it was a great resource and was the only reason mm-hmm. I was able to make progress at the pace I was was because I have a lot of anxiety. I'm, you know, I'm a high functioning person, but I also second guess myself very quickly if I can't affirm what I'm you know, confirm what my hunch is. Um, And that group really let us confirm with our hunch, but being transparent with our customers about whether it's how many plants got released versus how many visitors we had that day, or the production timelines in the future. I think we're pretty transparent on that. And things like this podcast are a great way to make sure people know that it hasn't changed and that Gabriella can grow, but the leadership of the organization and the excellence at which we execute doesn't change.
0: That's awesome. It is pretty great. I know I've been a part of the Facebook group for a while and Mm -hmm. it's been really cool to kind of get to see your thought process, see the change of layouts every week, how ghost updates have shifted, things like that.
1: Yeah, and I like that it's you. You know, like, (laughs) and like, you know, I know you have somebody who operates your Instagram account now, right? That you kind of like have helped people kind of taken over. There's now more
2: eyes on it. I'm still the primary social media person, but
1: dang. Okay. So let me, let. I kind of want to end on this. You run a wonderful business. Your team is awesome. We are huge fans. We're grateful to you. But what do you do in your free time (laughs) and what free time you have? What do you do in your free time? What do you like to do? What are you interested? What's your like, what gets you excited besides work and plants? Plants.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, plants are obviously the go to answer. I'm always working on it, even when I'm at home or, you know, when we hang up on this, I'll probably go back to the greenhouses just to see what else needs to be done. I love doing that. I also love my wife. I love getting to travel. Obviously, 2020 has been a a year for that, not necessarily being able to happen a whole lot. But do you guys go to um, Disney like
1: ever? Like, have you guys? We
2: are not. We are not big. She she loves Disney. I grew up never going to Disney. Oh really? Um, she grew up going to Disney.
1: Oh, okay. So you guys that are annual pass holders? Year, is that what the they're called? Yeah,
0: annual pass holders. Uh, not
1: annual pass holders. For a long time. Do you like Universal? Like, or any of the touristy things in Orlando? Hey,
0: you asked what he liked <laughs> to
1: do, not what you like to <laughs> well, do. Well, his wife likes to do it. I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's into the theme well, parks, yeah. though. I
2: mean, the, the theme parks are always fun. But I mean, that's also, you have to remember, everyone thinks of the theme parks as being part of Orlando. They're not. They're no. 40 minutes south of Orlando. So yeah. it is a. It is a day activity if you want to go do is. that. It's a lot harder to do as a pop in, pop out for dinner oh, yeah. thing. But I, we really like live music when we're able to do it. Obviously, a lot of these things have all changed from COVID. Yeah. I feel like a lot of our identities have changed in who we are. I'm an introvert at heart. I have no problem sitting on my back porch staring at the sky for six hours and mm. writing notes on my computer. I'm just totally okay with being by myself and just spending time in that way. But I do play video games on occasion. I play Overwatch when I do. Will you play um, have
1: you played Among Us? The Among have Us? Have I game? played
2: Among Us? No, but half of our team does. So I can send you all okay. their Twitch
0: links. She's obsessed with this idea. Okay. Can we
1: can we all play? I think Once you need to all play.
0: The people. In the yes. Would to, you like, play, play with us together? if we
1: got like a thing set up? I think that'd be so much fun because I feel like you would be really good at like I don't want to say this is like a good thing, but I feel like you'd be a good imposter where you're like it wasn't is me. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I could see you being like good at it. I think you should play with this. I don't
2: know anything about it, but I'd be more than happy to play if I could figure yes. it out.
1: Okay. I don't really know anything about it either. So we'll really be on the same page. Really want to you. I had Oh gosh, this is so off topic, but I downloaded the um an emulator for my Mac today just so mm-hmm. I could play Among Us on. Oh my, my god.
0: Okay. Yeah, anyway. Love you, my dear. So, <laughs> don't judge. We, me. <laughs> We've gotten through a lot from who Shane is to who Gabriela, Gabriela plants is and that journey to tissue culture, which I wasn't even expecting to get into I know, so I'm pretty I excited that. about that. Is there anything you feel like we've missed that you would absolutely love to share now that you have the opportunity?
2: There's a lot of things in the work for what 2021 will be. I think it's important that people. Yeah, no, I don't have a whole lot. I mean, I want to say so much about what what we have in store for people, but our our, my goal is primary to take care of the people who rely on me to make sure that their families are fed and that their their rent and stuff is paid. So that's always my number one weight that's on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Everything else just makes the job really fun, but that weight is always there. I think that. We all can learn to appreciate growers and the growing process by growing more. I always tell people like, hey, you don't have to go into it as a career to plant a couple cuttings and just see what happens. There's no faster way to shortcut those experiences. And the last thing I think I'd end, and I've ended on a different podcast on this note too, is don't be afraid of like the bad things about being a plant parent. Like everyone is deathly afraid of of pests deathly afraid of as soon as one leaf starts to yellow whole plant root rot got to take mm-hmm. it all. like, you know, it's yeah. just the end of the world. And obviously losing a specimen is never fun. But that's also part of growing. Part of growing is the part where the plant doesn't grow or the plant doesn't succeed because you grow as a person throughout that process and you, be, you come out the other end being a better
0: grower. It's a relationship. So I, Every relationship has challenges. So what yeah, Shane is saying
1: is just because you've killed one plant, I'm sure mm-hmm. he's killed thousands. So <laughs> let that sink in. <laughs> he's killed more than you, but that he thinks it's a good thing. And I agree. It is a good thing because it allows you to learn. It allows you to learn. Definitely. Well, and I and we want to say a, again a really big thank you. You know, you're somebody and Gabriela Plants who've really been supportive of us and just wanting to see us grow. Without being so corny, but um, but just being supportive, like you did the giveaway with us for the Painted Lady back in March, I think. Yeah, like but right before COVID. Right before COVID, yeah. And like we were again, like I was just such a fan and awe of what Gabriella Plants was and for you to be like, let's do – A giveaway together, and I was like, "What? (laughs) You know our podcast? What?" It was a
0: crazy weekend because she came and gave me that information while we were waiting in line for the Tyler Thrasher pop up that happened here in Denver. That's right. And he agreed to come and do an episode with us the same weekend that you were like, "Yeah, let's do a giveaway." And Madison and I were like, "We were "We're like, we're fucking legit, (laughs) aren't we? Like,
1: (laughs) what is going on?" Like, I was like, I feel like he's made a mistake. (laughs) Like, there's a mistake somewhere along the line. He'll learn. And then, then you were like, no, I'm going to continue to support you guys. And by, you know, helping be sponsor, like, that's just so, we're just so grateful for your belief in us because, you know, we were just like, let's just shoot the shit and record. And, you know, hopefully someone will listen to it. But, you know, having someone, especially, you know, for somebody who we truly admire, like, it, it really does legitimize like what we're doing. And so we just, sorry, really so appreciate you. that. <laughs> yeah. We really do no, appreciate that.
2: You, you guys are totally welcome and, and keep doing what you're doing. I think it's important that people realize that regardless of your opinion on anything we've talked about in this podcast, that it takes growers growing plants. It takes people who are knowledgeable mm-hmm. in running businesses in order to have physical locations and you know i'm all about supporting growers right but like i said earlier supporting mom and pop shops is important really too because Mm -hmm. that's the backbone to the class that can be offered you know in your local town that's the backbone to where the plant swap can occur Um, Mm. and those things are needed and in the same way i think media is needed whether it's youtube content creators podcasters that kind of thing every other industry i mean there's I, it's something like a thousand different content creators around spacex like just the one company like not mm-hmm. even space just like about spacex themselves now obviously it's a lot more cooler than i mean rocket science <laughs> is cooler than plants but <laughs> it, like it still goes to show that it takes a lot of people mm-hmm. to make a community whole and i don't mean to diminish you guys by saying it takes an army but we need a lot of people we need a lot of growers we yes. need a lot of people who are talented at producing content and can break down plant science, but put it in words that you can understand and in actions that you can follow. All those pieces of the puzzle to the industry as a whole are really important. And I think media and especially with the new age of media, you know, we're not sponsoring NBC, ABC. I mean, think about what it was even 10 years ago on who you paid advertising to. I think that businesses in general should support the people who support them. And if you have people making content based around houseplants and you're in that space, yeah, you should probably be doing your part to support them. It's only going to benefit all of us if we can continue to maintain people being interested in plants.
0: That's awesome, yeah, and I know I can speak for us both when I say we are honored to be a part of that same community with you and building that that planty community. Even with all of our new twenty twenty, yeah, we're we're,
1: the, we're in the learning category. <laughs> we're in the I don't right. know what's happening. Can someone teach us? <laughs> no, but
2: you're growing, and that's the end. And that's exactly the, like, just to end on it. You're growing more, and that's why God, always that. growing more was I like so much more than just the pun on growing plants. Was that like yeah? I even told staff this week. I said. Um, Because we gave out Tyler Thrasher's book, Growing It, to all of our staff. um, Oh, awesome. So, but one of the things I told them, and it was just off the cuff, but it was true, was hey, like sometimes you don't notice growth
0: until Mm. you kind
2: of take the snapshot of where you are right now. And, you know, for most people who work at Gabriela, a day is another day at work. Um, And it -hmm. can become kind of that ongoing thing. We all have jobs. It happens to me too. But it takes kind of being able to zoom out and be like, oh, wow, look at that same sketch I made three months ago. Look Mm -hmm. at what our team looked like. Look at how much communication happened on a daily basis, even just a month ago. And without looking at those periods of time to reference yourself now, Versus, you don't see that growth, and growth takes that observation and time. It so, um, it's really neat to see, and never be afraid of the growing process because you guys will be growing more too. And it takes time to recognize that. Right now, although you say you don't know, you know, don't know enough, you did know more than you realized, and you'll realize later the things you wish you had known, and all mm-hmm. the. All the things that come with that, but you don't gain that without doing it each and every day. So yeah. the fact that you guys are releasing content continuously, everything else will fall into line. Keep doing yeah. what you do, love what you do, and the rest of it will fall.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And so, on that lovely note, everybody can find you at gabriellaplants.com.
1: Is it do- .dot com or is it online.com? I forget. No, just .dot com. Okay.
0: Cool. I mean, we own I just like every sure.
1: .Okay. Mism-
2: way of doing that. I'm pretty sure they all directing <laughs> the same thing, but it's GabriellaPlants.com.
0: Okay. cool. On Instagram at GabriellaPlants and then you also, of course, have the Facebook group, which is Gabriella Plants Behind the Scenes, where you can interact with you directly and kind of learn more about the company and all the exciting things you all will be doing for 2021. Yeah.
2: yeah. And if anyone ever has a question for me, you can email me directly at Shane at GabriellaPlants.com. I can't always respond very quickly, but I'm always willing to take time and respond to people if they have a, a specific he question for respond. me, although So if you have an order (laughs) issue, emailing customer care is going to be faster than emailing me. So, um, but if it is a question for me, I'm more than happy to answer it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Shane, for coming on everybody. Of course, you know where to find us, Two girls, one plant podcast. Yeah. You've seen us before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. And for everybody else, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.
1: Wow, that was a fun episode, and we could not have done it without Gabriella Plants. They provide high-quality tropicals straight from their greenhouse to your door. Their inventory drops every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time at GabriellaPlants.com. Set your timers and don't miss out.